Welcome to Hearthside Salons. I'm Heidi Hornbacher of Pagecraft Writing. Each week we bring you conversations with creators and innovators to feed your creative fire. Last time, powerhouse indie film producer Suzanne Lyons shared her successes and failures in lessons learned toward creating a career where she's turned show business into play. Today, on part two of our conversation, she does deep coaching dives with several filmmakers on our live Zoom audience as she answers their questions. I know we have a lot of powerhouse people on here with us, a lot of writers, producers, filmmakers, actors. Um, so I want to, I do want to open it up for their questions. Elvira, we'll start with you. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you. Hi. That was wonderful. First of all, I feel very inspired. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, a few times you mentioned that when you were getting ready for a project that you felt like maybe you didn't feel emotionally prepared for, you you um, reached out to mentors. Um, and I just want to ask about that relationship and and how to cultivate it. And especially, um, I'm, a, I'm a writer director, like I'm gearing up to head into like my first project that I feel like very, I'm out of my depth. Um, and obviously with the pandemic, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, mentors aren't like running around uh, just <laughs> like no. ready to meet and stuff. So I, I'm just wondering how, can you tell me about like, just emotionally how you cultivated those relationships mm -hmm. who you needed for those projects like not necessarily like in terms of just the emotional connection as well as like the know-how and somebody with a lot of experience but in addition to that like what was yeah. the best kind of mentor that you sought out yeah and first of all i just want to um go back to what you said because you tried to let yourself off the hook for a minute so I'm just going to catch anybody who does that oh. then uh, because you were saying i don't know something about covid and and they're not, the mentors are not out there running around or something. They actually are, they're more available because it's Zoom and they're sitting at home. So they're more available than they ever were. So, sorry, I hate to reverse things for you, but. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get on another Zoom right now. Yeah. So, and, and what I'm gonna tell you to, too uh, also is that uh, on my, on YouTube channel, <clears throat> Suzanne Lyons YouTube or whatever, however you do that, <clears throat> there is a whole thing, videos, lots of video, uh, 10 or 12 video all in a row on how to get a mentor. It'll take you through the whole thing. I'll be talking, you know, kind of thing. And I'll be interviewing people on how to get a mentor. Then if you go on my site, uh, SuzanneLines.net on the blog, there's a whole thing on how to get a mentor, which is written. But right now I'll just say is it wasn't so much emotional because they're not my friends. They're not, I'm, they're not my mates. You know what I mean? I, I don't plan on, you know, hanging with them for the rest of my life. Uh, it's a business relationship. Uh, I choose people that are doing the same. Like when Kate and I started our projects back then, low budget was considered about 1.8, 2.2 million. So we looked for people who were doing around the $2 million movie budgets and also we were doing thrillers and psychological thrillers so also the we wanted somebody kind of was in that same frame of mind somebody that was kind of doing the similar kind of thing didn't even have to be the same genre but certainly in that budget size it would have been stupid to have say David Valdez as my mentor at that point 
for example, right? Um, so uh, we found two, one that, you know, we really loved his movies and the other one who somebody recommended who was very active, director, producer, and we took them both to, uh, to breakfast or lunch or whatever. Um, a lot of times in Flash Forward, it was very limited. It was like three 10 minute conversations, whether in person or on the phone back then, because you want to make it easy for somebody to say yes. You write up your list of who you want and don't worry about the names. Don't worry about an A-list and a B-list. If you want to do A-list and B-list, that's fine. But, you know, I would just look at who do I respect, you know, in the in the director world, if that's what you're looking at, for example, who do I really respect? Who's kind of been out there, done that, you know, really worked on the kind of projects that I would love to work on someday or whatever. And then call that person, call that person's agents, email that person's agent, do what you need to do, create urgency, as you'll see in both the video and the and the blog. Make sure you're creating some urgency because agents don't understand agent, you know the whole word urgency so it'll drag on for months give them a timeline you know within 48 hours I would like to hear back from you because I'm committed to having a mentor for the next 30 days always do numbers always be very specific very succinct in what you want and um and it will happen you know one of the students years ago wanted um um Henry Winkler and she was going uh, to an event. It was on, we were, the flash word was Saturday and Sunday. And her event was, I believe, on the Sunday night or the Monday night. So she didn't even get a chance to send the request out. So she asked me if she could do it in person at the event. And I said, yes, but only if you follow the rules, you know, that we've given you. And she said, absolutely, very polite, you know, and there is, there is a, the rules. So definitely go on, the, on my site and watch that. And so she went up to him because she said, Suzanne, it's like everybody in Flash Forward would say to me, they'd all be so upset when I told them the homework to, was to get a mentor. But no one's going to say yes. No one's going to say yes. Why would they say yes? Why would they give up their time? Then nobody's going to say yes. And it's, Suzanne, that's a crazy, crazy exercise for us to do, da, 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 right? And of course, I'd say, you know, moving on to the next thing, everybody have their homework or you're kicked out of class, right? So anyways... She went on Monday night, she approached him in a very polite way. And she said, I'm in a program right now where we have to get a mentor, you know, this week, preferably two. And she said, I am, and then she, she then shared why she wanted him. You know, what was it about him and his acting or whatever that moved her so much? And then a tiny bit about her, literally probably 45 seconds worth of speaking or a minute. And then she made the thing, it's three 10 minute conversations, whether in person or on the phone. And she said, she looked at him she was nervous as anything and she said there was tears and she said oh my god oh my god mr winkler i am so sorry i have offended you i apologize i take it back i please I, i'll just walk away he said no no you haven't it's just that i'm so happy i'm so happy and it's a yes and it's just that nobody's ever asked me before oh you know one of the things as humans we have in common literally around the world we have in common is to contribute yeah. And nobody ever asks. So when you're putting it in a context of 10 minutes over a three week period, a six week period or a, a half hour coffee meeting or a one hour breakfast meeting or whatever, or a Zoom, a, a 20 minute Zoom, people will say yes. You just need to put it in the right context. You need to be polite about it and you need to share a little bit about who you are and who they are to you. I love that. It, it is. We love to share. Like we I'm do. so, I love sharing when I have, I have a kid, friends, kids have moved here to be filmmakers and they're like, can I take you to coffee? And I'm like, heck yeah. Like, yeah, you it's see flattering. me as an expert. Are you kidding? That's amazing. Yeah. Someone sees me as an expert. It's That's wonderful. Perfect. It's flattering. It is.
So did that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> that was great. Okay, that's okay. awesome. Sarah, I just wondered, you know, as a woman so experienced in this industry, what you feel our greatest challenges are as, as women filmmakers today. What I tend to do is just stand in, you know, like, is it Gandhi? Maybe it's Abraham Hicks who said, you know, one person standing in a commitment <clears throat> is worth a million people who aren't doing anything about it. Just standing in a commitment. So I stand in that, <clears throat> who am I being when I go to a meeting? Because I know when I was not treated well when I first entered the industry in, in television, first female VP at 29, and I was given an extremely hard time. I thought it was them. I always pointed the finger over there. There's no power there. Never, ever, ever, ever is there any power there, ever. I'm not here to change them. I'm here to look at who can I be that sets an example. Maybe it's not till the next generation or maybe it filters out now or whatever, but who am I being? And I even know when I got here, I know when I look back to who I was being in some of those meetings was not powerful. And, and I remember complaining is why did that guy look at my partner, my other partner who was a, a guy um, and not me, even though I'm the one that asked him the question, that sales agent and the sales agent would look at him and I'd leave so angry. And I'm thinking then when I really thought about it, I thought I was not being his equal. I was being an underdog. You know, I was walking in as an underdog. No wonder I'm going to be treated like that. If that's what I'm attracting, guess what? If that's what I'm thinking, guess what? You know, you bring about what you think about. So all I can do is set an example, hire as many women as I can, <clears throat> talk to as many women as I can, <clears throat> inform and share wonderful things. So as long as we keep supporting each other, you know, that's why the whole STEM thing or whatever was so great, you know, to go to that conference a couple of years ago that they put on, you know, that was all about conscious creation. You know, how do we then consciously create? How do we make sure that we can hire, you know, a female writer, for example, or a director, or like, I'm just thinking that all the time. And I'm talking to my male, almost, I think three of my four partners are men right now in the industry. And I'm always saying, let's choose a woman for that one. Let's choose a woman for this one. And there is resistance, you know, like one of the roles one time was an army. And I said, there's lots of women in the army. Yeah. Think about it. You see a lot of women in the army. Yeah, but they've got to dress in the army uniform. There's a lot of women in the army. It's like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And so once I kind of did that little bit of education, just all we can do is observe and then inform. Observe, observe and inform. And that's it. And I don't complain. I don't do that. You know, it's kind of, I forget who was said Einstein or whatever, you can't solve a problem. Or who was that, you know, with the same... Um, level of thinking that the problem was created you know it's it's mm. like how you look at it like what what uh, Napoleon Hill would say is that um, people you know can you can look at it as an opportunity as opposed to an issue or a problem so it's up to you though yes we share our ish our problem but it's not like to share it like oh and that person was wrong no no it's no what can I do about it how can I be a more powerful listener how can I be a more powerful speaker how can I show up differently um there's a, another exercise that I'm going to give you guys is very painful and I had to do it I was a seminar director for Landmark for years I remember crying every time I, I did the exercise and it's called what are you who are you being and we had to go to five different friends 
uh, people, not friends who are going to be so nice to you that they're going to sugarcoat, though, no, no, no sugarcoating, um, and say, how am I occurring? How, who am I being? How am I occurring? really. And oh no, you know, the first time it wasn't, it was, I was, that was back when I was in V, it was Halifax, because I was also doing the course in, in Halifax. And I remember saying it to one of my colleagues who I thought, he thought I was wonderful. I thought I was wonderful for Christ's sake, but I overcame that whole first year of, of the men, like, you know, you know, making my life miserable and I overcame it and, and I became more powerful and, and I made no enemies. In fact, I empowered everybody in the, in the station, in, in the network there. And uh, when I was going through that time, and I thought I was great. I was such a great person. But all five people got back to me that I was not occurring that way, that I was still occurring kind of shy, a little bit too polite and too sweet, because uh, I am polite and so I'm Canadian. What do you want, right? <laughs> and, uh, geez. And, um, and, and just a lot of things that I didn't know that were still hovering in me. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden I thought, oh no, I went through this and I went through that and I came out the other side and I'm stronger, but it was still showing up. So it wasn't like I'm going to then go home and cry and beat myself up. I cried because this is good. This is a wake up call. What do I need to do when I walk into a meeting? You know, my husband, um, he gets every job that he ever, ever, ever interviews for almost, almost uncanny. So I said to him when he was in front of my class, because I used to bring a lot of speakers, as Heidi knows, and to the class over those years. And I said to him, honey, you know, what is it about you that you go into these meetings? And he said, I stand at the door before I knock on the door and I become the person I most admire in the world. And who it was at the time was Joan Holmes, the president and the head of the Hunger Project. Unbelievable. Oh. This little tiny woman, eh? she's no bigger than a minute. And literally, I remember at the time, you know, was sitting at the back in 1970s at the back of a room. Somebody, when they share the story about her and when Warner or someone said, you know, it's time to end hunger, who's going to do it? She literally raised her hand. I mean, it's his, has since met every president and prime minister in the world and have, I mean, unbelievable the work that that woman has done. I don't even, even know if she's still on our planet. She's got to be certainly in her 80s or whatever. But he said, who I am is Joan Holmes. Wow. That's the quality. That's yeah. what I So I'm going to cry again. So, and when, so we open that door because sometimes when we say, who are we? All I think of is the negative stuff, you know? Yeah. It's hard to you know, brag about ourselves. It's hard to, we have to, it's a habit we have to get used to doing to share how wonderful we are and how powerful and magnificent we are as women and everybody. But that really struck me when he said that, because it's take on somebody else's traits. Then if you're feeling that those areas are kind of those weak areas for you as a woman, and you don't want to walk in, you know, already thinking that they're going to be against you or that it's not going to go well because you're a woman walk in, in a way that you're on equal ground. It's, you know, it's on the same playing field. We're mm -hmm. all humans, all 8 billion of us, all on the same playing field. We're only here to have fun. We are, you know, spiritual beings, you know, kind of using this wonderful shell for the moment, temporarily, and we'll be back again and again. So, you know, when you're standing there, it's like, okay, we're all on the same playing field. Sometimes people think I'm crazy. I talk to everybody, by the way. Elevators, people kind of stand back a little bit, you know, because I'm always talking to everybody. And, um, but to me, it's kind of like, you know, they're thinking, well, did I know you? And I'm going, yeah, of course you do. 
you know, we're on the planet Earth together. Of course we do. Like we all have a background <laughs> of relatedness, right? By the time the elevator gets to the bottom floor and I'm only three floors up, I got a new mate. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, you know, one time I was in a, watching, just I was in an audience watching an, an event, uh, the uh, film festival, a film um, uh, commission event here a few years ago. And this woman, two rows behind me, tapped me on the shoulder and she said, is it okay if I go to lunch with you? And I said, yeah. And she, and she said, I apologize. I said, I don't know who you are. She said, but I'm feeling the energy. She said, I feel the most positive energy. And so that's what we need to do because we got yeah. 90% of yesterday of our thoughts are from yesterday. Do you know 95% of our thoughts are negative? In that old I time. believe that. So we've only got 5%. Do you know how, I mean, to stay mindful, we have to practice it. You know, that 5%, those 95% are just loud as anything in that little head, right? And so we really have to work at it. So I think, Sarah, that was a long answer to the question, but I think we have to take responsibility as women for yes. who do we need to stand for as ourselves and, and empower each other and share with the men around us that, you know? Yeah, like all the people around us. Go, Betsy, go. Hi, Suzanne. If you had to start anywhere whilst establishing your production company, where would you begin? Because I'm about to, to go on a major journey and on this precipice of starting my own production company. And I'm also a writer, um, novel and burgeoning script. The script uh, is getting there. Um, and I guess it's like, this is good. Where would you go? Like between finding the projects, researching financial solutions, trying to keep hold of the reins of your own company and spinning the plates. And when are you going to be ready for certain projects? Wow. I think I need a Valium just listening to you. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't mean to be rude, but here's the thing. Um, you, you've just given me you know, you've given us all a headache because you've jumped into, and I got to do this and I have to do that. And I have to do this and I have to do that. And how am I going to do this? And what about this? And what about, so stop. I give myself a headache. You're a human doing and not a human being. <laughs> right. And exactly what I talked about for making a movie, do a timeline. Here's what I would do first though, in your case, because we're, we're about to, I'm, I'm going to be teaching class on Saturday. And one of the exercises that they have to do, and one of the exercises we do in a lot of the classes and Jim and I do together all the time, is who are you in 25 years from now or 35 years from now? Let's put things, before you start dealing with content, let's put things in a context. Is that clear? Context. Yeah. I know where I want to be, though. I just, I'm trying to get there. And right. I've just got all of these things in my head just spinning. And Right. So we're going to, no, we're, we're going to get those things. Yeah, but we're going to get the things on paper. But here's the problem right now is that you're just, you're pressuring yourself too much. So let's stay. And, and, you, and you're also, your identity is taking over. You know, I, I'm not a big, you know, love of identity, you know, our thoughts, feelings, moods, concerns, considerations, and issues and problems and all that. You know, you're, you're, there's two circles, you know, one is the identity. The other one is the circle of commitment. So we're going to jump you over for a minute to stand there because I'm not getting a lot of heart brain coherence at the moment from what you're saying. So we're just going to move because you're totally identity based. You've ever heard, you've ever seen the picture of a cat on the screen door? Mm -hmm. 
Exactly, that's identity, okay? So we're gonna move over to commitment. Really, really this quick lesson. <clears throat> and how to stand there, <clears throat> and then we're gonna look back, is stand in the big picture first, because right now, you're, the pull is the suck, or whatever you'd call it, is the identity. Is First of all, the reason you're coming up with all these things is because your fear is taking over, and oh my God, I don't know if I even know how to do that, and what do I do next, and what should I do next, and what's the thing after that? So stand in the big picture, look at, you know, what is it, why are you here? What's the whole point of you being a writer producer in this industry? Really look at what is your contribution? You know, if it's somebody's getting up to give an award to you 25 years from now and they're speaking, because it's hard for us to speak because we have a hard time with bragging, right? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> what do you want them to say? So after we finish the call, write that out and send it to me. What you want them to say about you? What has been your contribution to this industry and to your life and to the people around you and your community and your church and your children and all of that? It's 25, 35 years in the future. So write that out. So let's get yourself in context, context first, okay, before we move into content. Okay. Okay. Now that you're there, then we're going to come back to the present. What I would do if you were doing the exercises in 15 years, 10 years, five years, one year, and then today. So you're moving back, but you're moving back from the big picture. Okay. Because what happens when you try to create something in the present is you're doing it from the past and all those pieces of garbage that have come along with you, all the rejections you've got, everything else has come along with you. And that's why you're kind of, I think, you know, going a little crazy in terms of what's next, what's next. So then what you're going to do is then, okay, first thing I need to do is open my company. You know, it's an LLC or whatever. Great. Like, like create your timeline. You know, what would be my fun dream to take on for my one year? What's a fun thing to take on for the one year? Maybe it's just <clears throat> optioning three screenplays. Maybe it's, you know, I, I'm not sure what it is for you. Maybe it's being <clears throat> writing my own screenplay and, you know, launching my company and, um, you know, raising, you know, 50% of the funding. By this time next year, I'll have 50% of the funding, which is, you know, I'm guess just doing a lower budget one because you're also producing. Maybe it's only 800000 your first one. You know, so whatever that thing is a year from now, but that year wasn't created from now. It was created from 25, 15, 10, 5, and 1. See what I'm saying, guys? It's clear? A career timeline. Yeah, so then come back to that. There's your one-year goal. Fun. Now that's great. Now let me break that goal down into the milestones. What do I need to do every quarter to make that happen? Maybe the first thing is to finish my screenplay, which might take three months. Maybe it's an option, a screenplay. Then you'll at least have the timeline. Then you can start to, what we didn't flash forward, is you have to do a map of relationships. Everyone you know in the industry, but not alphabetical all the writers you know, all the attorneys you know, all the producers you know, all the actors you know, all the investors you know, all the entertainment attorneys, everybody, all in categories with your picture in the middle. And then you can say, okay, what I've decided is in the first quarter, I want an option of script and I want it to be a romantic comedy because that's my favorite thing, you say. Okay, now how can I connect the dots? Okay, well, I know Jill knows so Amy and Amy's a writer and Jill mentioned that Amy just finished a romantic comedy or like you know what I mean you start connecting all the dots or maybe there are no dots to connect because you're not really sure you know who knows each other so let me call everybody the homework as Heidi can tell you and Jill can tell you and flash forward was part of the homework over the month was to call everyone on your map even if it was 200 people you had to call everybody on your map and make that request of what you needed 
and obviously end it with, is there anything I can do for you, obviously. But, um, and so that's why it's not, you don't have to do all this alone. God mm -hmm. put 8 billion people on planet Earth. Why do you ever think you need to do it alone? Maybe the first thing, Betsy, for you, once you've done, broken it all down, one of the things is obviously going to be a mentor. So maybe that would be in the first three months as well. You know, optioning a screenplay and getting a mentor, somebody who's already done romantic comedies, for example, if that's what it is. So, but once you can, you can stop, you can start, you'd stop the chaos and start the thinking process by looking at the big picture. Thank and you. then moving backwards and then doing your timeline. Then, oh, it's all, it's one piece. You know, Henry Ford was arrested for not knowing the mechanics of the car. Do you know he went, he was in jail. He had to go to court what? back then. Do you know the story? No. What he tried to explain to the judge was that I don't have to know everything. You know, that's why I have a team around me, a yeah. magnificent team around me. And they know all the pieces. You know, but it's so fun because there's so many people on planet Earth that we can call on and count on who know more do we do. That's why I said, my line producer, I don't want to know how to do a budget ever. Obviously, <laughs> I know how to read the budget. I never want to do one ever. Don't ever ask me to do. Oh, if you pay me a thousand dollars, I'm not going to do a budget. I'm not. Well, and what I like about what you're saying is if Betsy does all this stuff and breaks down her plan and works backwards, then she'll have a team and she can show up for herself as a powerful, confident producer and not a cat on a screen that's freaking out about what to do next. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you get a committed listener too. Maybe somebody in this team, you know, in, in your group here, you know, might be your committed listener, you know, who then you can bounce off of once a week or, you know, eight o'clock on Wednesday morning for five minutes each, you know, is here's where I'm stuck. I actually got stuck. I panicked. I mean, you know, I've panicked many times, you know, and then I had Kate, thank God. And then I would call Kate or like I said, I was in various groups or whatever, but that I could call on. So, you know, we're only human, you know, I mean, I, I am more terrified. I'm just as terrified as everybody else. Honestly, if there's no back door and I'm trying to get out, I'll build one, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll look for the back door every freaking time. But, you know, luckily I stopped myself you know, part way to the, to the back door and say, okay, what do I need to do? Take a deep breath, take 10 deep breaths mm -hmm. and just and breathe out through your, um, through your, like, and then out through here, like a straw, right. It literally calms down. I'm not going to go into the science stuff, but it will calm down that part of the brain really quickly, really quickly within four or five, six breaths, I promise. Mm -hmm. And then just settle yourself and go, okay, good, great. Okay. Now what's the next thing I need to do, you know, to turn this around or whatever it happens to be. I love it. Sorry about the long answers, guy. I'm sorry you need a Thalion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. I just wanted to give you a wake-up call. That's all. That's I know. Good. I need one. Okay, so, good. Well, all right. Okay. It's never about beating yourself up. It's never about me beating anybody up either. It's always a great wake-up call to look, okay, got it. I just see I was seeing things inside of mm -hmm. content, content versus context, and I just was seeing the little picture instead of the big picture. I'm sorry, but as women, we just had this conversation. We don't get to play small. We don't get ever to look at the little picture until we stand in that big picture. Then we back time it all. We've mm -hmm. got to really be, especially if you guys are on this call, you know, you're here, and I acknowledge you for being here because it's not okay with you that the way things are you want to learn more you want to grow you want to network and all that stuff so it's wonderful and betsy thank you for being brave enough to to go ahead and and uh and do what By you're doing way, i like one of your quotes okay which is um there's more letters in business than there are in show 
<laughs> that's true. I, mean, I forgot about that exactly. Well, <laughs> let me let me squeeze Brittany in here. Brittany, what's your question? Okay, I'll try and go quick. Um, Suzanne, you're amazing. <laughs> I feel like we're all like snapping silently over here. Um, I just wanted to. I, I feel like I maybe already got the answer, but just to put it out there, but, uh, what you were saying about making the map and and calling people that you already know. I was going to ask about. Um, finding investors like I feel what you're what I'm hearing you say I feel so lit up about being like yes when you find that person it feels easy to tell them why you're so on fire about this project but um do you have any good advice outside and maybe it's just the map exercise that you just mentioned but um about finding excuse me the people who have the finances to give to your film or is it a is it one of those mindset things where it's like it, it might be people around oh, you you're not even thinking yep. about it is, it's going to be both. Everything I do now, I do tangible and intangible. Even in the class coming up on Saturday, I'm very honest with people and saying we're going to be doing, because people used to call me the Tony Robbins of the industry. But, you know, I now want to be under the Joe Dispenza of the industry. So I've been mixing the two now for the past few years. I've been mixing the spiritual kind of take on it with, uh, with the kind of the other facts that we use. But first of all, absolutely. Call your map. Call everybody on your map. Oh. And keep it very short, keep it very succinct, be very clear it is about what you want, kind of use numbers as well. Once again, I'm going to, I've given myself 30 days, I've given myself 60 days, whatever. Uh, the next two weeks are all about calling everybody I know. What happens, there's 243 people, you know, on this map. So I'm going to be doing nothing but calling people. I have a specific request, not favor ever, ever, never use the word favor, unless it's with family and friends where you're doing a favor like babysitting or whatever. Um, this is a, re this is a business guys, pure business. Uh, I may have, and I have a request mm -hmm. and my request is, is, and I know this may sound crazy, but my request is that you, that I'm, I'm looking to do a movie this year and I'm looking for investors. You know, my budget is, I don't know what it is, $500,000. You know, it's a horror film. It's really fun. You might even give the log line quickly to, you know, the person on the phone and just say, you know, I know sometimes we kind of hold our investors close to the, to the chest, but I do want you to know that I am very gracious about finder's fees and, uh, and, and credits and, uh, and even coming and playing, you know, uh, with us on the set. And that's what I did. I raised so much money so fast on those three little horror films, which came to around 750,000 record time because it was all about having fun. And I gave great finder's fees and I offered phenomenal credits and everybody, all my investors came to the set. I put them all to work. They didn't even know any different. They got there and they said, what do I do? And I said, how are you at ironing? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm good. Woman, this, honestly, this woman from Denver, Colorado, and she and her daughter, and I put them in the, you know, the, the, in with the wardrobe person the whole time. This, and this billionaire from New York, uh, what do I do? Who never, I, I mean, he never hardly spoke. And he said, what do you want me? I said, well, would you like to be an extra? So I gave him the white coat. It was a yeah. hospital thing. We kill all the candy stripers. And I mean, the candy stripers kill all the people in the hospital. So fun. And um, anyways, so he put a white, I think jacket on and walked up and down the hallway and is proud as yep. punch and couldn't wait to you know invest in the next one so that's the fun thing is ask people you know really ask everybody and be once again you're standing in abundance you're standing in fun i mean sometime all i had to do was share the log line for candy stripers and people would say i'm in here let me call my friend you know and for the percentage of the of what i was offering the, the finder's fee it was worth them calling their friend mm -hmm. you know yeah. mm -hmm. uh, because i offered them do you know that if you had sold uh, let's say the units were 7,500. Let's say you sold them to Sarah here. <clears throat> and Sarah 
uh, as an investor, she got an executive producer credit. Do you know that you got an executive producer credit as well, Brittany? You got an executive producer credit for selling six units. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people said, oh my God, Suzanne, are you crazy? Like you're going to have you're no time for the movie because there's going to be nothing but front roll credits, right? <clears throat> and end roll credits. I said, no, nobody on planet earth, except probably 1% of the planet, and I've been studying it for 35 years, is in, is trained in enrollment. Mm. It's just plain missing. And it is, besides responsibility, that is the key distinction for producers to have. If you can't enroll somebody into coming and playing in your sandbox in this wonderful playground called the entertainment industry, get out of Dodge. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm not kidding. I'm really, really not kidding. Because yeah. you will never raise a cent. You know, it's all about playing and having fun, still wearing the business hat. I'm not saying all the paperwork's not done. Who did the PPM, for God's sakes? Me, you know, <laughs> the operating agreement, subscription agreement, all of it, <clears throat> all of it. The sales presentation that was the first one ever done, which I wrote about in the book. Um, so, I mean, it's not about not wearing that business hat, but by God, we had fun with every single phone call to every investor and every potential finder, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the people had fun. We said, you come to this set, you're going to have fun. I made sure that there was a director's chair for our investors. I made sure, and these are little, little tiny movies, 200, 250,000. I made sure that the money was there for the headsets. My um, holistic doctor came every night at six o'clock and stayed till midnight on one of the movies. Every night for 14 nights, he came, sat in the director's chair that I made. Those were expensive. You know, we had to get extra and the headset. Proud as anything couldn't wait to invest in the next one. So, I mean, it's where are you standing? You know what I mean? So then the second thing is obviously your meditations Oh, getting flipping over now to the, you know, the, the, that's more that side of things as we're realizing just how much power, how much more powerful it is than we, than we knew, Um, you know, manifest that, you know, if you're not watching some of the Abraham Hicks tapes, go on and do that. You can manifest, you can manifest in minutes, in, in weeks, in no time at all. So also do that. You know, it's not all physical. Like I said, we're, we're physical is a very tiny part of it. So do both do the fun part of calling everybody, creating the relationship, you know, playing with people. It's, it's all about, you know, are you having fun? <laughs> so, you know, it's all like, how are you getting out there and getting those investors? You know, that, yeah. it's great. It's all fun. It's all fun. It's all pushing, walking the, the rock go downhill. <laughs> we and I can say for sure like because we did the my first feature after I did your fast forward course and that we did that we we had people get excited about getting their wealthy friends involved with money we raised the money we needed and we did all that like because it's it's a job for us yeah. but for people outside the industry to come to a set is a novelty and it's like a Fun. it's like a roller coat they're so excited yeah. I had investors wearing lab coats, walking through his extras. I had them, you know, hell, and it's just, and they're so tickled and you're just like, Oh, Oh, this is okay. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, it's you gotta remember it's fun for them. So and it's glamorous. It's something that's glamorous. Yeah. I had one person. They'll talk about it at dinner people. parties for months. That's right. They did. And I mean, one, one person brought his whole family because I wanted to get their picture taken with the stars Aww. and he bought multiple, multiple units. So it's really kind of all about yeah. that and all about kind of having fun and, and, you know, that sort of thing. So it yeah, was something yeah. else. And I know some of you who might be thinking who are a little more fact-based, maybe might be thinking, Oh, Suzanne, this is being authentic. You know, why why should I be getting happy when I don't feel happy and you're thinking you know my thoughts are are my thoughts and they're the true thoughts and 
and, and the ones that you're asking me to take on are inauthentic. Well, I promise you guys, your thoughts are not even close to the truth. 95% of your thoughts were from your community, your parents, your priests, your, you know, whatever, your teachers. I mean, they're all, you know, before you were seven years old, you were programmed, you know? And so there's nothing, it's, it's not like one is authentic and one isn't. There's just, who do you want to be? Who, do, I mean, wouldn't it just be more fun to, and, and I notice myself sometimes when I'm standing in a line somewhere and I, I'm not happy, you know, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to stand on one leg and see what everybody says. <laughs> And this was, and this woman was so nasty. It was funny. It was at, it was up in Toronto. It was at a kitchen store and I'm just going to stand on one leg and then I'm going to stand on the other leg. And then I'm just going to make faces and stuff like this. Right. And everybody was laughing around me. And then she's like, looking at me, looking at me like, I can, oh, like she's really angry. How dare you have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden her daughter's with her and hits her and they break it laughing. Aww. So like, I just thought, you know, why not? Why not? I gave up thinking about caring about what people thought of me when I heard a quote like 20 years ago saying, I used to care what people thought about me until I realized how little, how little they, do. they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Suzanne, when, when is your next, and you said you have a on Saturday, when is your next course that people could take? It's called, it's called um, launching the future. And it's about completing last year. And the reason the alumni asked me to do it is because of the COVID year we've had and because of the stress that so many people were enduring and the projects that didn't get done and the incompletions that happened during that year, 2020. So it's in the morning session, it's three hours is about completing and the homework is about 26, 27 pages. So if you do want to take it, I would say register ASAP because the homework is a bit lengthy and a bit uh, confronting obviously. And then the afternoon is about creating from a blank slate, a truly, truly, truly blank slate, maybe for the first time in your lives, 2021. So it's very powerful, extremely powerful. I taught it in Philadelphia. That was $7,000 back then uh, in the early 90s. And that was to companies. And then when I came out here, we rearranged it. Or I, my other partner at the time, Heidi Wall, and I rearranged the class for the entertainment industry. But it really can be for anybody. It started out with, you know, with corporations and small companies. So it's for anyone. But it's a very, very powerful course. So it's my favorite. I've taught many, many courses over these 25, 30 years. And it's still my favorite of them all. I sometimes like to do it for selfish reasons because it forces me to do the homework, which I mm -hmm. do over the weekend, by the way. Nice. I feel so good about myself. I can't even tell you. I oh. thought I did nothing. I was like complaining about myself. And then I wrote up my list of accomplishments and it was two pages long, two pages. Nice. It was so fun. Little tiny things, some of them, but I felt so, so, so good. Also, I just wanted you to know too that on um, IndieFilmHustle.com, there is uh, the master class. The last class I did in indie film producing, I did uh, finally tape it. I know oh, I, good. Yeah, because years ago I tried and, and never got it done, but it finally happened. So the six hours is on that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I have a poem that I found uh, that was in the Napoleon Hill's book. Do you want me to read it? It's sure. It'd be a great way to wrap up. I think it sums it up quite nicely because it's all about how we think. And, and that means everything in every way, you know. Um, and now it's written in the 40s, I believe. So it's the 30s or 40s. So it's going to use the word he, so don't be offended. That's <clears throat> because it's from a different time. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but you think you can't, it is almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of the world we find... Success begins with a person's will. It's all in the state of mind. 
If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or late, the one who wins is the one who thinks he can. That is lovely. Thank you. Perfect. I think it sums it up. Thank you. Yay. Suzanne thank Lyons, you, thank you so much for being here. Everyone, thanks for joining and best wishes on everyone's productions and goals for this year and for the next 25 years. I love it. That's great. We'll talk to you soon. Thank okay. you. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Next time on Hearthside Salons, for some, the pandemic has been a time of creative output and inspiration. But for indie filmmakers, all the usual obstacles remain, and then some. Producers Jessica Burgess and J.T. Schindler talk with us about their short film, Fatima, which tells the tale of an ancient warrior who leaves her village to seek a life of freedom in the desert. As they dig into fundraising and get set to shoot, we'll talk about how indie film production looks now. Special thanks to our graphic and sonic designer, Joel Harris. Our theme music is by Lachey Swing. For more on our script coaching, online concept to pages screenwriting courses, and writing retreats in Italy, again someday, or to be part of our live recording audience, visit us at pagecraftwriting.com, at pagecraftwriting on Instagram, and at pagecraftwrite on Twitter. I'm Heidi from Pagecraft. Thanks for listening and stay well.